Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Well, as you open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 13, open, uh, open your Bibles with me to Proverbs chapter 13, and as you do, say this with me today, I receive the Word of God to profit me and reproof me, convict me and instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Here in Proverbs chapter 13, starting with verse 12, says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when desire comes, it is a tree of life. Today we're going to begin to explore and teach a little bit about the importance of having hope mixed with faith in your daily walk with God. Hope is not just a kind of magical word, which it kind of, you know, in the world parallels that. It's not one of those things, man, I kind of hope so with the thought of, you know, I don't know what else to do except maybe kind of hold my breath and maybe it might come to pass. That's not really hope. Hope really is an expectancy. When you expect something, you're in hope. So earlier when we were getting ready to pray, I, uh, pa Patricia came into the office and I asked her to demonstrate something to the congregation today. So if you would come up here, Patricia, and number one, you're an intercessor, right? And you and Pastor Vicky and others, you've seen what God's planning on doing here, haven't you? Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> so, <laughs> has some, ha, 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 I know some has come to pass, but has it all come to pass what God has shown you in prayer? No. No? No. Why are you so excited? Because I know it's coming. She knows it's coming. Thank you. That's hope. Right there. That's hope. That is hope. And an expectancy, even though she hasn't seen it. She's seen some, you know, which, is, which does nothing but increase your hope. You know, when you see God do something. So, you know, the greatest miracle that most everybody in this room, and from what I can see, probably has experiences, is a miracle of being born again. Yes. Now, if God can enter into you and put his spirit inside you, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, and recreate your spirit, man, that's a miracle. Yes. Okay? And when you begin to understand, and how many of you have experienced the manifestation of God's presence in your life after you've been born again at one time or another? You knew God was there, okay? He put his spirit in you. Well, in itself, that ought to give you hope. If God can do that, come on, somebody. How much more can he do in the natural realm for you? Hmm? How much more can he do in the natural? And so some of us, we've, we've, we've experienced God speaking something to us, giving us a word. And as we believed God and, and, and did what God told us to do, we saw the manifestation of that word come to pass. 
Well, that ought to give us hope for the next thing God has given us. But I want to let you know, even if you haven't gotten a maybe rhema word or a prophetic word from God, you have this word from God. And this ought to give you the same amount of expectation as if somebody that you knew would be reliable said, hey, uh, I'm going to come to your house and give you a $100 bill. You go, well, I know that. I know that. I'm expecting glory to God. I'm waiting for the $100 bill. You know, that's what you'd be doing. You should have that. In fact, you should have more of an expectancy for God because the Bible tells us that God can swear no greater than himself and he cannot lie. Someone says there's nothing God can't do when he can't lie. That's the only thing he can't do. In fact, the Bible goes on and tells us that he's watching over his word to perform it. But see, now he can only perform his word where it's being expected. And being expected means you're hoping. And you're hoping means you're anticipating. And so there in Proverbs 13, 12, where it says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when it comes to pass, when the desire comes to pass, it's a tree of life. Okay, in other words, it supplies. It causes things to become fruitful. And this is why we want to continue to cultivate hope in our walk with God. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. And we'll come back to Proverbs 13, 12 here in just a minute. Proverbs 10, 28 says that the hope of the righteous righteous will be glad the hope of the righteous will be glad why do you think the hope of the righteous will be glad because what you are hoping for will come to pass if you're hoping according to God's will it will come to pass and 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 this this really spoke to me especially based upon the word that we we got just uh, uh, again uh, in Branson, but it says the expectation of the wicked will perish. You know, what you could say is that, you know, if somebody was trying to hinder God's plan for your life, you still can have the hope that that plan against you will perish. Yes. Amen. There's no man and no devil and no government that can stop God's plan for your life. So you can expect whatever plan of the evil one that's against you to perish. I'm not sure if the wicked one that, that the enemy used will perish. There are days that I wish some of them would perish. Oh, come on, don't look at me with that halo over your head. You do too. But you know what? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and wickedness in high places. I find myself praying today. It was kind of unusual. I've never prayed this way before, but I felt like the Spirit of the Lord gave me this way to pray. But he was telling me that he is removing those hindrances that has hindered those things that he has for our lives. He's removing those hindrances from us. He's told me that. And so I said, well, God, I know that those demonic spirits that hinder us sometimes operate through people. Blind my eyes from the people that the enemy's using. Because I don't want to judge them. I don't, want, I don't want it to affect my feelings about them. Hello, somebody. 
And I knew when I prayed that prayer, God, I don't want to know who they are because I don't want to wrestle against flesh and blood. I want to get to the core of the spiritual. I want to get to the, to, you know, hey, hey, these things that the enemies, these people that enemy is using, that's irrelevant. That should, and this is what gets us a little off track is we get distracted by the person the enemy is using more than realizing it's the enemy behind the person. You know, and so I'm going to get focused back on the fact that Jesus said that he's given me all power. He's given you all power over the power of the enemy. And by no means, Luke 10, 19, by no means shall anything harm me. If I believe that, and my hope and my expectation is in that, then I can boldly proclaim there's no man and no devil and no government that can stop God's plan for my life. I can boldly believe that and expect that. In fact, I can expect the maximum results. I can expect the highest uh, level attainable. I can expect to see God's word manifest in my life. So back here in Proverbs 13, 12, it says hope deferred. Okay, so deferred means held back. Okay, and so sometimes things don't come as fast as we pray. You know, I mean, there are times where I've prayed and I've seen instant manifestations. Man, and that's, that's exciting. That's wonderful. But there are some things that I have been believing God for and I'm still believing God for. And I can't let, I can't afford to allow the things that I'm believing God for that haven't manifest me, manifest, cause my heart to get sick or to lose hope of what I'm believing for. Just because it's delayed doesn't mean isn't going to happen. Now, you know, it's that time of year where many of us are starting to prepare our gardens and we're putting some seed out. And the interesting thing about certain types of seed is like with the radish seed, you put a radish seed in and you end up growing a radish. You put an onion bulb or an onion seed in and you end up getting an onion. But, you know, they kind of sprout up and they're ready in two or three weeks. But, you know, you put a corn seed in, you know, and it's not ready to harvest almost until fall. But there's a lot more seed. So the longer the germination or the process of the germination, the greater the harvest. So I tell myself, even though there might be a delay, God's going to make the devil pay by bringing a lot more than what I intended to come in the first time. Amen. I'm expecting. Come on, maximum results. I'm expecting. Highest level attainable, I'm expecting. But when it comes to pass, it's like a tree of life. Or in other words, it becomes so fruitful that they're, you know, and, and I'm anticipating this year, this, this to happen this year again because our fruit trees, our, especially our, our one apple tree that we was on the property when we got there, we've planted more since then. But this apple tree, I'm telling you what, it produces the apples. I mean, in fact, it produces so many, I have to give some away. And I love to give these apples away to people who like to make apple pie and apple cobbler and bring it back to my house. I really love doing that. 
especially if you bring a big bucket of ice cream with it. But anyway, <laughs> but if it doesn't happen, I won't be deferred. But uh, nevertheless, you know, we're anticipating. You know, you can count the number of apples that come, you know, from a seed. Or you can count the number of seeds that are in an apple, but you'll never count the number of apples that can come out of a seed. So how do we develop, how do we enhance, how do we increase this expectancy with God? You know, I remember as a young man, you know, uh, one of my friends, his dad was a doctor, and, and, and I asked him one time, I asked, I said, have you ever seen any miracles? And, uh, you know, I'm here, I'm not really living for God. I'm just, you know, a young man that just wanted, curious. Have you ever seen any miracles? He said, yeah, we've seen some things that medical science can't explain. That was his answer, you know. And so, but when, when I think about it now, I think about how blessed we are to see how God has used some individuals to bring forth a miracle. And so go with me to Romans 4, and we're going to talk about Abraham, because I believe having a child at 99 years old when your wife is 90, I just believe that's a miracle. Now, if you have a hard time believing that's a miracle, then why don't you tell your wife when she's 90, you and her are going to have a child? First of all, it'd be a miracle if she would agree with you. So my wife, when I said something about it, she said, that's not happening. So, but you know what? I really, you know, I'm, I, I'm thankful that God did this for Abraham, and, and it's a good example of how to believe God. God gave him a word, and we know that when God gives a word, he won't go back on it. But you know, Abraham had to walk through a few things before this particular word happened. But you know, I really, you know, for me, having a child at 99 years old, I'm not looking at college tuition at 120, paying college tuition at 120. In other words, I'm done. And so, but that's all right. This is a great example of how to live in hope. So here in Romans chapter 4, starting with verse 13, the promise that he would be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law. So we, we have to back up, and if you want to go and study this, you can go back to Genesis, around Genesis 15 in that area, and you'll find out that God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. In fact, when Abraham said, well, how's this going to happen? God gave him a visual. And God said, step on outside. So it must have been evening time. And God said, look at all the stars. He said, that's what your descendants are going to look like. Think about all the sand that's on the seashore. That's how many descendants are going to come from you, Abraham. You know, and so I can only imagine, you know, there's times, you know, I've looked at the heavenlies, the constellations, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at all those stars and some planets, you know, and I always think, you know, God made each and every one of them, calls every star by name, you know, and there's still stars, you know, 
uh, uh, just lighting up and being created and everything because God said, you know, let there be stars, let there be light. And he created all these stars and everything. And I think, wow, that's so awesome. But he gave them a visual. So one of the reasons why God gave Abraham a visual is to teach us that, you know, one of the things to keep our hope going is that we need to continue to keep a visual of reminding ourselves this is what God's going to do. This is what God's going to do. This is why it's so important, church, that we continue to rehearse the prophecies spoken over this house. Because words create image on the inside of us. And the more we speak those words, the stronger the image gets on the inside of us. And the stronger the image gets on the inside of us, the more we begin to expect what we're seeing on the inside of us. We, we begin to see ourselves experiencing what we're seeing on the inside of us. And that's why it's so important that we put ourselves in positions where we see things that, you know, will enhance our hope or enhance our faith and believe in God for the great things that he has for us. Let me just give you a for instance, all right? If you're believing for a new car and you haven't received one yet, go to the car lot and just sit in one, okay? I know it drives the car salesman crazy because they're wanting to sell you a car, and I get that, but just be very nice to them and just say, hey, I need to get a visual and I need to sit in this car, you know, and I'm sure you'll find some Christian car salesman that will allow you to do that. So we got more than one here, so don't, don't limit them. In fact, we're going to have a whole house full of them here soon. But anyway, car salesman, amen. But anyway, you know, or, you know, start going to, you know, places where homes are being built and begin to visual seeing yourself having a home like that. Hello, somebody. Hmm. You know, my wife said, if you want nice clothes, go to stores that have nice clothes and just start walking through and believe God. See yourself being able to do those things. That's so important. So the promise wasn't, you know, uh, to be heir of the world was not given to Abraham or his seed. And how many of you know we are the seed of Abraham? Galatians 3.13. I won't go there, but if you're writing notes down, you can look at that here in just a moment. Validates that we are the seed of Abraham. But it wasn't done through the law, which means it's not by our works. Aren't you glad you don't have to work to get God to do something for you? In fact, God did all the work, and he rested on the seventh day. You know why he rested on the seventh day? So he can enjoy watching you enjoy all the works that he has created for you. You know, I mean, don't you all, don't, when, you, when you take a day off, don't you just have a family day? You know, you try to set up a family day for most of us. Why do you set up a family day? So you can go out so the family can enjoy the labor of your work. Well, God wants you to enjoy the labor of his work. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only those who are of, of the law, but also those who are of faith of Abraham, that's us, okay, faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And as is written, I've made you the father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. 
God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, how? By giving glory to God and being fully convinced. And being fully convinced. Now you need to underline that word being because you can be fully convinced today as I'm ministering this, but tomorrow something might happen and it might try to change what you're convinced of. Which means that you have to continue being fully convinced. You have to continue at this. You have to, you know, I know we don't do this by works, but we do have to work at staying in faith. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. In other words, it wasn't recorded in the Holy Scriptures of God just so that Abraham could be a patriarch. It was written to be an example for you and me, knowing that God can do impossible things for us. Greater things are to be done. Greater things are coming. Isn't that what we were singing? I believe. I believe greater things in my life, in this city, in your life, in this church. Greater things. So it wasn't written for his sake alone, but for us only, for us also. It shall and be imputed to us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised up because of our justification. So we see something here that has never been done before in the history of man with Abraham, and that is that God said to Abram at 99 years old and told Sarah at 90, even though she was past the age of childbearing, you're going to have a child. And Abraham... Abraham said at that particular time, he said, you know, may Ishmael live. He said, no, no, you're, you're missing it, Abraham. Or he said, I don't have any, I don't have any children. You know, I've got, the, I've got a servant over here who has children. Maybe I can give my inheritance to him. No, Abraham, you're missing it. You don't understand. Abraham, I'm going to give you and Sarah a child. And in fact, there are scriptures that tell us that God turned time back for Sarah. You say, you really believe that? Absolutely, I really believe that because Abimelech wanted Sarah to be a part of his harem. Now, most normal men aren't looking for a 90-year-old woman to be a part of their harem. And so God did something in her physical body that caused her not to look like she was 90 years old. And you know, the blessing of Sarah is upon the women of God. Amen. Amen. I'll leave what my thoughts are alone right there, but I'll move on. 
But it was contrary to hope that he became the father of many nations. In verse 18 of Romans 4, the Passion Translation says it like this. Against all odds. Well, odds is really a wrong word there too. Against the laws of nature. Against the laws of life. Against the laws of biology. Against the laws of physics. Against every known physical, tangible law known to mankind. Not just against the odds. Because odds mean that, well, there's a 1 in 50 chance. No, against everything. Against anything that is absolutely in the natural realm possible. Are you getting it? To expect. There is no way in the natural realm that Abraham and Sarah could have a child at 99 years old and 90 years old. There was absolutely no way. It doesn't happen. It's never happened before. Am I painting a good picture for you? And so the scripture says, you know, against hope, he believed in hope. So what was it about Abraham where he could say, I know I'm going to have a child? Even though everything, all the laws of nature, of the world, of the known being of mankind said it cannot happen. How come he could, how come he could expect? Because he had a word from God. God said, God said, God said it, God said it. He believed against all what the world, the laws of the world, the laws of nature, the laws of the earth said. He believed against all those because God gave him a word. When the doctors come And if you're ever in a position where the doctors come and say, there is no hope, I'm sorry. I know, doctor, you are trained, you are educated, but I have hope. I have a word. And through the atoning death of the Son of God, our Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, by his stripes, I am healed. I'm not going to be healed. The word says. And the doctor would say, well, you're, you're in denial. Now, faith doesn't deny the problem. Faith denies the problem to overcome you. Thank you, doctor. I appreciate your, your help. Now I know exactly how to target my prayer. And my prayer is that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that we started out talking about, that miracle that you experienced of becoming a child of God, born again, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and will quicken your 
mortal body. Amen. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sure, Pastor, that, that, that I'm good enough. You know, Abraham was made good enough because he believed the Word of God. You are made good enough by just believing the Word of God. And not only that, but you now have been freely justified by Christ. Freely justified. Freely means it didn't cost you anything, but he gave it to you. So it's free, take it. You know, it, you know there's something about free. You know, sometimes, you know, some of these places will have, you know, like Lowe's or something. They'll have, you know, hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff for the contractors and you know, I buy enough stuff there, I ought to be considered a contractor. So I park in the contractor spot. They go, you a contractor? Yeah. Well, what says you're a contractor? I, I just parked in the contractor spot. <laughs> no, they know me. Even though I've, been, I've already eaten lunch, even though I'm full as a tick on a hound dog, it's free. <laughs> and I want it, you know. Every so often, you know, Menards will give out free pocket knives. You know, I mean, you got to send it all in and get a rebate and all that stuff, but it's free. So I get it. I must have 20 pocket knives sitting around, <laughs> but it's free. Why not take it? Because it's free. You know, I might be able to give it to somebody, and I have given a few of them away. You know, it's free. Well, you have been freely justified. Amen. So why don't you just take it? It's yours. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I just don't know if I'm good enough to receive from God. Don't insult God like that. Right. You're his child. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you miss it. He still loves you yeah. with an everlasting love. Yeah. And he still wants you to have his very best for your life. Yeah. Can somebody give God praise in this house? Yeah. Amen. So Abraham was accounted righteous because he believed. And the word of God goes on and says that he, uh, he was justified. But here in the translation, I mean the, the Passion Translation, it says, against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected. How do you expect, Patricia? How do you expect? Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Barry Tubbs, you know, said it very, very well. He's believing God to win the publisher, publishing clearing house, you know, uh, contest. You know, and I'm believing with him. Amen. You know, but like he said, you know, they show up to the door and they say, you have won. But yet the money hasn't manifested. What are they doing? They're shouting because they're anticipating. That's right. Right? right? Yes. Because publisher, publishing clearinghouse came to their house saying you won. Well, I want to let you know God hasn't come to your house. He's in your house. Amen. And he says, and you've already yes. won. Yes. Yes. It's already a done deal. The deal is still on. The promises of God are still in motion. Yes, for you too. And so 
the world is set up to cause you to lose hope, hope deferred, or to delay what you're believing God for. The whole world is set up that way. The whole system, not only in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm. The enemy, if he can't stop it, he certainly wants to delay the promises of God in your life. But, you know, we need to tell ourselves, hey, with God, all things are possible. And the very God who calls each star by name dwells in you. The very God, the creator of the universe. You know, he created your body. How many of you know that? How many of you believe that? The Bible says you were formed inside your mother. Every part of your being was formed by God. Isn't that awesome? If it gets broke, guess who can fix it? He can. You know? He is the awesome designer of every human being. And not only did he design you to be an overcomer, he can fix you if you got broken to continue to be an overcomer. All things are possible to them that believe. I'm going to say it one more time. All things are possible to them that believe. So here's Abraham, you know, everything in the natural says, nope, can't happen, you know, and I can only imagine what would have happened if he was in a place where there were psychologists, counselors. Uh, let me just, uh, you know, have a word with you, Father Abraham. Uh, you're probably in denial. I want to let you know you're never in denial when you're believing God's word. You are never in denial when you're believing God's word. When God says he's going to do something, he does it. We see other examples of delays. The children of Israel delayed going into the promised land 40 years, but yet God still fulfilled his word. You know, we see a delay in David's life. God called him to be a king. It took a little while for that to manifest. In fact, if you read the story, you'll find out that, you know, when Saul was killed, that they put somebody else in place to be king, you know? Now, that would have caused a lot of people, well, I guess it's not for me. One of Saul's son, you know, the people got behind him and said, hey, you're going to be king. You know, some people, well, I guess it wasn't for me. I guess that prophet, you know, missed God. No, just because Man says it's this way. God says, you know what? I can set one up and I can set one down and fulfill my plan for your life. And that's what the scripture says. I'll set one up and I'll set one down. In other words, God is watching over his word to manifest it in your life. And you know what that's called? That's called the goodness of God. God doesn't want to show off because that word sounds a little prideful. God wants to manifest his goodness in your life. That's God's plan for you. He wants you to experience his goodness on a regular basis. Let's see if I can get through this trans, uh, Passion Translation here. All right, Romans 4, verse 18, Passion Translation. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. 
God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that it will be impossible to count. That's God's plan for your life. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, peace means nothing missing and nothing broken. It means complete. We're, we're complete in Christ. We're, we're totally complete. Through whom we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So what is the glory of God? The glory of God is experiencing the goodness of God. That's one of the glories of God, is experiencing the goodness of God. When you experience the goodness of God, what do you usually say? Glory to God. So you're experiencing the glory of God when you're experiencing the goodness of God. Rejoice in this hope of the glory of God, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Really? Why would we glory in tribulations? Knowing, there's a, there's a, there's, there's, there's a process here. Knowing that tribulations produce perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now look at verse 5. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. When God gives us a word, it's going to come to pass. You say, well, what, what, what if I never see it? It's still going to come to pass. And I, I often think about this, that one day I was driving through the parking lot there at Calvary Cathedral and I saw my pastor on the edge of the uh, parking lot there and uh, two things manifested in his life when he bought that particular property he had to sell the lower part of the property in order to finance it but he declared someday he'd get that property back he called it his Isaac and he said Isaac will come back you know, it was his Isaac on the altar. So he said, you will come back. And so I don't know how many years it was. I'm thinking it's 14 years, if I think that's right. And uh, so anyway, this particular property that he sold for about 350000 at that time, 14 years later, it got turned over from one property owner to another, from one bank to another, to the point that the taxes got to the point where this particular property was under an indebtedness of $7 million. And so the last owners of this property came to his office, made an appointment, and said, this thing's been a Jonah ever since we've had it. Give us a reasonable offer, and we'll sell this property to you. Sold it for $350,000. 14 years later, bought it back for $100,000. He had a word from God. Well, there was another time I saw him 
on that edge of that little hill there, looking over that property, drove, drove up to him and said, what's, what you praying for? He said, I have a vision for a parking garage right here. I said, man, that's great. Well, if you know the story, in 2001, I believe it was, 2002, twin tornadoes came through there and wiped the facility out, just tore it all up. But yet God repaid him back more than twice, more than twice. They got another facility. They sold it to the Candy Corporation. And today when you drive by there, there is a parking garage, a four-story parking garage. So the word came to pass. Now, it didn't come to pass the way we thought it should come to pass. But see, here's the situation that most people don't know. In his old location, he needed to raise several million dollars to build an adequate Christian academy. But when the storm came through, and by the time they sold the property, and by the time they got their insurance and everything, they had the money to build a $17 million academy debt-free. Somebody doesn't shout, you might need to get saved. In other words, though he didn't build that parking garage, though he had a word from God, saw a vision of it being there, it did come to pass. And even though he wasn't a part of making it come to pass or a part of financing it to come to pass or it wasn't used for that particular facility it had, what God showed him came to pass and he had more on top of it. Amen. What is my point? My point is that sometimes in hoping and waiting on God, we already have a preconceived idea how God's going to do it. Yeah. And we don't need to limit God. Amen. We don't need to limit God. Amen. Hope does not disappoint. Hallelujah. That's what it says. The very thing that God showed you, he will bring it to pass. One way or another. Because he's watching over his word to perform it. Where is he going to perform it? Well, in Abraham's situation, he performed it in Abraham's life when Abraham began to call things that be not as though they are. Sarah, you got the nursery ready? Yep. We went to Ikea and bought a new crib. We don't have one here yet. Or whatever. In other words, they made corresponding expectations that they were going to have a child. They expected God to somehow do this for them. And God chose to do it through the natural laws of biology to bring this to pass. Don't know how God's going to bring it to pass in my life. I'm not sure how God's going to bring it to pass in your life. But one thing I know for sure is that I'm not going to let anything hinder the expectation that God has put in my heart for the greater things that he has. God has greater things for you. God has greater things for me. I'm going to continue to teach on hope next week, but I'm just going to give you just a little bit of a glimpse of some things that we're going to go over. And that is, how did Abraham obtain the promise? Well, he expected even though everything around him said it was over, 
He expected because God gave him a word. He allowed the grace of God, because as we saw, God's grace brought this to pass to manifest the word of God, which is what? God's ability. In other words, he turned it over completely to God to let God perform this and stop trying to help God. He called things that be not as though they were. Now, when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I'm hoping as you read through the scriptures, every time you see the word hope, it does the same thing to you that it does to me. And that is, instead of seeing the word hope, now it's expecting. Faith is the substance of things I'm expecting God to do. Faith gives substance to the thing I'm expecting God to do. Faith gives the ingredients for the very thing I'm expecting God to do. And then Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three and 24, For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says he shall have those things which he's been saying. So not doubting the things I'm saying. You know, now you need to go at this in a very reasonable way. Don't go and start saying, well, God's going to give me a million dollars. God's going to give me a million dollars. God's going to give me a million dollars. If God hasn't told you, he's going to give you a million dollars. Get back into the presence of God and say, God, what are you saying to me? We got this word this morning called process. You know, and we, we looked it up and, and uh, it means, you know, uh, some actions that are going to take place. I got that correct? Putting things in the right order. It's a process, you know. And a process means that it starts with this step. It's a process for me to go to the car. In other words, it's one step at a time. And you may have this knowing that God's going to do some great things in your life, but don't get overwhelmed by that and say, God, what's the next step you have for me? And get that word from God. What do you want me to believe for you right now? You know, if, if you're believing God for, you know, thousands of dollars, and you need new socks that have holes in them, why don't you start there? And I was there. And that's why I can say that. I had a drawer full of socks with holes in them. We were doing something with the singles one time, and they were doing these contests, and they said, anybody who has a hole in their sock on their right foot, come up here. Well, I was the first one up there because I had holes in both socks. <laughs> All my socks had holes in them. My wife couldn't figure out, why do you hang on to these holy socks? So they're the ones that wear to church. But anyway. <laughs> but I believe God. And one day, I got a bag full of socks. You know? Now I've got so many socks that, you know, I need to get rid of them. I mean, I've got too many socks. But I'm just saying, just start right where you're at right now. God, what do you want me to believe you for? What is the next step to the process that you have for my life? And don't let some of these greater things, you know, if you're believing for a new car, maybe God wants you to start with a used car. Nothing wrong with that. 
you know. But ask God how he wants you to get to that place, get a word from him, and begin to believe that and call things that be not as though they are until that manifests and use that for the next step or the process to get where God wants you to go. The scripture says little by little, here a little, there a little, and step by step. And the steps of the good man are ordered of the Lord or the process that God has for you are ordered by him. And so this is what happens so many times is that, well, people try to put this thing where, you know, they're, they're expecting or saying they're believing God for this great, big, huge thing, and God hasn't even told them that's what he wants to do for their lives. So begin to start where you're at in the area of your faith. You know, the other thing is he didn't waver, you know, and, and I really believe one of the ways he didn't waver was he cultivated his expectancy. He was fully convinced that God could do this. How did he do that? By giving God glory. Father, I thank you that you gave me this word, and I glorify you that you're manifesting this word in my life. Well, let's look at the word of God. How many of you know that the word says that he sent his word and he healed you? He put the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, that dwells in you to quicken your mortal body, that by his stripes you are healed. If you need healing, Father, I glorify you. I thank you, Lord, that you watch over your word, and your word says, I am healed. Your word says the same spirit that dwells in me quickens my mortal body. You know, I had a herniated disc in my neck years ago when we first started the church. And I didn't know that much about herniated discs at that particular time. And so I did a little research and had a friend, a doctor, uh, who was an ER doc, and he had the exact same symptoms in his body. He began to explain to me what it was. And what I realized is that basically the pinching of the sciatic nerve was a result of inflammation. And most sickness is a result of inflammation in the body. Most people don't realize that. And my wife here discovered in Deuteronomy that inflammation's under the curse. We were, she said, did you know inflammation? No, I didn't know that. You know, I looked it up, sure enough, inflammation under the curse. And I got a revelation that, hey, I've been redeemed from inflammation. And even though for a few months, maybe a couple years, I'm not real sure, but, you know, I, I struggled with this sonic nerve being pinched. You know, had some medical treatment done. Nothing wrong with getting medical treatment done. But the tip of my middle finger on my right hand was always numb, always reminding me that this wasn't completely healed. But I'm redeemed. God, you watch over your word. You perform it. I thank you, Father. I'm redeemed from inflammation. And I was at a meeting one time. And listen, I'm so thankful for online meetings and Internet. But you know what? I don't think this would have happened if I was watching online. And there was a word of knowledge of that side sciatic nerve being pinched in that particular disc. And so I was one of the first people up there, got laid, hands laid on me, and I tell you what, it disappeared. And the feeling in that middle finger came back, and it's been ever, there ever since. Amen. 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 I got a word from God. Amen. And I know God can heal. He's, he's everywhere if you're watching online. And that's what you have to do. But this is one of the reasons why corporate anointings are so powerful. 
because you can experience God corporately. And I encourage those who are watching online, you know, put away your jelly donuts and come to church. Anyway, I guess I shouldn't have said that much about that. But anyway, no, come to church if you're watching online. You need to be in the presence of God. But my point is that I got a word from God. Inflammation's under the curse. I stood on that word. I called things that be not as though they are. I petitioned God to watch over his word, to perform it, and that word eventually manifested in my life and has stayed manifested ever since. And this is how it works. You know, they, they, somebody, well, what would have happened if you never got healed? I'd still believe. Amen? Because Jesus said to Thomas, you know, Thomas, you saw, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's Word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.